Good morning. I think we want to go to the second chapter of the book of Zechariah this morning. <clears throat> Sister Joyce is back. last week in the 17th chapter of a psalm and when we got to verse 8 I said the Lord moves in mysterious ways he uh, I had a week or two before in my notebook I keep laying on the desk flipped over a couple of pages and uh had begin to pursue the idea of the apple of the Lord's eye. So I said, well, I believe I'll go ahead with it. The uh, psalmist in the 17th chapter said that he would, that the Lord would keep him. That was his prayer, keep him as an apple of his eye. We want to look at it in a little different manner this morning. Though second chapter of the book of Zechariah in verse 6. <clears throat> and he said, Ho, ho, come forth and flee from the north land, saith the Lord. For I have spread you abroad as the four winds of the heaven, saith the Lord. Deliver thyself, O Zion, thou dwellest with the daughter of Babylon. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, After the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoil you. For he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of my eye. For behold, I will shake mine hand upon them, and they shall be a spoil to their servants, and ye shall know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for lo, I come, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord. And then he promised him he's going to make him make him a great nation. But I want to look back at being an apple of his eye. Got a little story. It may not do you any good, but it won't hurt you. When my brother Paul and I were growing up, come Christmas time one year, my mother had this big bowl of fruit sitting on the dining room table. And old cousin from Houston, he come up going to be busy a day or two. My grandmother was blind. It wasn't that she couldn't see a little. She, she was totally blind. She could barely tell where the sun was up there. And this cousin, he didn't know her like we did growing up there. So 
the family called her sister because she is the oldest of seven, so they called her sister. So this cousin decided he'd slip in there and get him a big red apple off of that bowl of fruit. So he eased it in the front door. My grandmother's in another room, 30 foot down, you know. He slips in there and he gets all the way into the dining room and he's reaching, me and Paul watching him outside. He reaching for this big red apple sitting up there. And my grandmother, who's blind, said, Bobby, I thought sister had told y'all to stay out of that fruit. That shook him. He, did, <laughs> he didn't know she could hear so well. He thought he was slipping in there, got him. But I always thought about that. He, but he was after that apple of his eye. He was going to get it. My grandmother, if you ever walk across the floor to her and introduced yourself, next time she, you walked across there, you'd, she'd know who you were. That's the way with Bobby. She knew who Bobby was when he come in there, <laughs> going to slip in there and get that fruit. But the Lord is careful to keep what he says. The church is an apple of his eye. He's always careful to watch over her. Matter of fact, it's his body. So he'd be careful to watch over his own body, his people, the called out of the Lord. Those he's gathered together might say Zion, the city of Zion, the heavenly city. The glorious sea where the Lord dwells and watches over his people. In the book of Deuteronomy, then, 32nd chapter. Verse 7, 32 and 7. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. And ask thy father, and he will show thee thy elders, and they shall tell thee. When the Most High divided the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Most posts. Most people don't think they got any bounds, but he set the bounds even as individuals also. They found him in a desert land. And in the waste, howling wilderness, he led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Always watching over. And then verse 11, he said, And as an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, and beareth them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him. 
and there was no strange God with him. And he made him to ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields, and he made him to suck honey out of the rock, and oil out of the flinty rock, butter of kind, milk of sheep, with fat of lambs, and rams of the breed of Bashan, and goats, with the fat of the kidneys of wheat, and thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. It's a picture of plenty for the Lord's people. The Lord is going to provide for his people, always giving them everything that they need to sustain them. Uh, individually, we may suffer some things but collectively as a church the Lord is careful to not let it go astray not in to let anything happen to it matter of fact that was a promise I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it it's a sure thing we might say in these texts it's a sure bet it's going to be that way. It's going to happen. The Lord keeps his people. They're the apple of his eye. That's what he delights in. It's his inheritance. He inherited a people from the Father, and he's careful to keep them. He said, none have I lost. They're all saved. In the book of Song. The Song of Solomon, I think is a, a picture here, the second chapter of the song, in verse 1, he said, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley, as a lily among thorns. So is my love among the daughters. I say he's the Lord speaking to the church all the way through this. I say it's a church because it's thorn among the lilies. That's what they're going to grow up together. Said the wheat with the tares. Said go. Go pull the tares out. No, leave it alone and let them grow up together till the day of thrashing. Leave them there. Then in verse 3, he says, The apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Even that reminds me of the apple, the apple of his eye. He brought me to the banquet in the house, the quieting, and his banner was over me. Stayed me with flagons, comforted me with apples, 
for I'm sick of love. Lord loved his church and gave himself for it, so he's careful to watch over it. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand doth embrace me. And I charge you, O daughter of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that you stir not up, nor wake my love, till he please. I think a time or two I come here and I wondered, well, what is this? Don't wake him up. Don't disturb him. What is the reason that things might not change? It might go on in this great love that has been developed between the two, especially the Lord for his church. So don't wake him. We don't want to change things. We want to leave it in that same place in great love. So don't, don't wake him up, Brown, until he's ready. And the voice of my beloved, behold, he cometh leaping up on the mountains, skipping up on the hills. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he standeth behind the wall. He looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. I have to go back to the temple. When looking at the building of the temple, the windows were tall and narrow windows. And you won't find lattice there in the description of the temple, but you'll find casement, which is the same thing. And the Lord is looking in through the lattice into the temple where his people are gathered together, I think. You may have some other thought on it. I don't believe it would do it any harm. Lord looking in through the lattice at his people, at his church, Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. And he's looking in through the window, showing himself through the lattice. And we look at him now as in a glass, dimly. But he's there, always looking through the lattice. And we see him. Not only that, it said, And my beloved spake. And we hear him speaking through the lattice, looking at the temple, the windows. The wall is about four foot thick, and the windows, they, they gradually went in and narrowed as they went in. And then in the inside was this lattice. I think it was slats like keep rain out, maybe. It's all just conjecture now. But I think that's what it is. But I, I can see just narrow spaces between the lattice that he can look in. But the same way with what the church is doing inside that temple, it also 
radiates out through that lattice to the world that they might get a glimpse also of what's inside at the church. It's always preaching, whether it be in the temple or out of the temple. And the Lord's always teaching and preaching, whether he be in the temple or out of the temple. Sad state of affairs in the book of Ezekiel, the 10th chapter. Brother mentioned it a week or two ago. Sad state of affairs when the Lord left the threshold of the temple. But we see him here still looking in, watching over his people, showing himself through the lattice. And then it said, And my beloved spake and said unto me, So he speaks unto his people. Always speaking. That's the reason we're here this morning once again, that he might speak to you and I. That we might hear what he would have to say. My love spoke and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Come go with me. Come unto me, all ye labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come away, for lo, the winter's past, and the rain is over and gone, and the flowers appear on the earth, and the time of singing of the birds is come, and the voice of the turtle, or turtle dove, is heard in our land. Isn't it a pretty picture? Plenty. Yeah. Gonna get honey out of the rock. The pure blood of the grape. Oh, it's it's a it's a wonderful thing for the people of the Lord. The fig tree put it forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grape give a good smell. Now these vines, once again, makes me think of the vines the Lord planted. It's the Lord's planting, the tender vines. And He nourishes them and brings them forth. A tender grape, it gives a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one and come away. Another invitation. O oh, my dove, thou art in the clefts of the rock in the secret places of the stairs. Let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice. For sweet is thy voice and thy countenance is comely. Take us the foxes, the little foxes, Spoil the vines. Get them out. Get them out of the way. They tearing things up. Samson caught a whole bunch of them, tied their tails together, and set the whole world on fire. 
I thought that's a pretty good story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Set them, set them on fire. But we need to get them out. They're doing damage to the tender vines. My beloved is mine, and I am his. He feedeth among the lilies. Until the day break and the shadow flee away, turn, my beloved, and be thou like a roe or a young heart up on the mountains at Bethar. <clears throat> Come and go forth with me and abide with me, my true love. And he gave of himself for the church. In the book of Isaiah then, Twenty seventh chapter. <clears throat> Verse one in the twenty seventh chapter and in that day. There's another that day. Many of them in Scripture, in another day, that day. The Lord with his sword and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent. Even Leviathan, that crooked serpent. And he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. And in that day sing ye unto her, a vineyard of red wine, pure blood of the wine. The Lord, I, the Lord, do keep it. I will water it every moment, lest any hurt it. And I will keep it night and day, fury. It's not in me who would set the briars and the thorns against me in battle. I would go through them. I would burn them together. Or let him take hold of my strength that he may make peace with me. And he shall make peace with me. Makes you think the 110th Psalm once again in the day of my power. They're going to make peace. He shall cease, he shall cause them that come to Jacob to take root, grow downward and grow upward. Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the world with fruit. It's going to be a great nation. They're going to have plenty, plenty. Lord's going to provide for his people always. Honey out of the rock. We got some beekeepers. It'd be something that'd go running out of them rocks down there, wouldn't it? 
that's what it's going to do. It's going to feed the people. Feeding the people is a matter of preaching the gospel. It flows forth from a rock, from the rock, from the very foundation of it. It flows forth always. Oh, Israel, Israel. It filled, it would fill the face of the world with fruit. Gonna make you a great nation. Book of Isaiah then, 54th chapter. Fifty, fifty-third chapter, fifty-four chapters, just a continuation of that. It tells us about the suffering of the Lord in His finished work upon this earth, and it's come down to the day of glory. Verse 12 of the 53rd chapter, I guess, therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. He has entered in to the great holy place all the way to the seat of mercy where the Lord reigns above the seat of mercy between the cherubim to redeem his people. Then in verse 54, he said, sing, sing. Maybe the song, maybe that's what it is. Sing, O barren. Thou, didst, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud. Thou that did not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. <clears throat> Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not, lengthen the cords. We gotta make this thing bigger. He come forth with a line to measure the city. No, he said there wasn't going to be no walls on the city. Don't need to measure it. You're going to have to let out the stakes and let out the cords. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make desolate cities 
to the inhabited. Fear not, <clears throat> for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shall not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. For thy maker is thy husband. <clears throat> Look like come to Beulah land to me. Is thy husband. Lord of hosts is his name. And thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit and a wife of thy youth. When thou wast refused, saith thy God. For a small moment have I forsaken thee. It's just a wink of the eye. It's just a little small moment. And in a little wrath, I hid my face from thee for a moment. <clears throat> but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord, thy Redeemer. So the Lord is always looking out for his people with great care over them. <clears throat> There's going to be many more of those children that the Lord shall call. Not going to be desolate anymore. They're going to bring forth, they're going to be married to the two peoples together. They're going to be the Lord's people. One nation with one ruler, one king. One judge, the ruler over all, shall reign over them. They'll be married. The land to be married. It'll all be in unison. How good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It's going to be united. One Lord. And one father of all. How did we get here? By inheritance. Not going to be barren anymore. Going to bring forth birth. The Gentiles be made a part of the family of God by inheritance. Not anything they've done, not anything they could do. Not that the Lord looked down through ages and saw that they was going to do anything. But that by His grace, He called them out and made one body. The body of Christ, whose He's also always careful to keep. Mm -hmm.